give my testimony because I'm fairly new here. Um, I grew up in the church. You know, I was raised in the church. Uh, my parents did a great job of keeping my, myself and my two older brothers in the church. Um, and <clears throat> I'm so thankful for that. Uh, I was baptized at seven, but I was um, baptized wrong. I was under the Trinitarian belief. And, um, but we still believed in the fulfillment of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues and um, everything like that. But it was just that aspect was, was wrong. It was, it was false. But, um, you know, as I continue on in, in the church, it, it became kind of like myself going through the motions, you know, uh, got real comfortable and never really kind of, there'd be times where I wanted to establish a relationship, but I was, you know, a teenager, you know, I didn't want to really live for God, you know, I didn't want to do any of that, so I went my own way, but I still went to church. It wasn't an option, you know, <laughs> in my house. Like, you either went, you, you're going to go. It wasn't an option. Um, and that was, it was a full-time job. <laughs> it felt like, you know, you had a Bible study, and then you had Friday night service, and you had three services on Sunday. So it was like, I, I stayed in there, you know. <laughs> but, you know, over time, um, I started falling away even more from God, um, hanging around with the wrong people and the wrong crowd and everything like that. Um, and so when I graduated high school, there was, there was, I felt like I, I wanted to get closer to him and yield my life, but there was a level of uncertainty of what I was supposed to be doing. And so I kind of fell into, uh, it wasn't major, but I fell into depression because I was I was unsure. I wasn't sure where God wanted me to be, um, what His calling was, what what I should do for work, whatever, everything, you know. And so I'm in college, and I'm just kind of going through the motions, and you know, taking my prerequisites and everything like that. But I'm still just unsure of where it is that God wants me to be. And so, in 2017. Um, my mom felt like, you know, God was calling us to move to Washington State. And um, my dad felt that same feeling as well, that God was calling us here. We didn't know exactly, we had an idea, but we didn't know exactly why. But uh, we moved here and we lived with my uncle for a few months and then we moved to Puyallup. And uh, once we moved to Puyallup, we were like, okay, we can start looking for a church, and I can start looking for schools to go to. And we went to several different churches, and it just wasn't what we were used to, you know, as far as doctrine and everything like that. And then my mom all of a sudden found Life Church Puyallup online just out of nowhere. And she listened to, I think it was bishops going over was talking and we're like Jared I, I think this is where we need to be so we went the following Sunday it was the week after Easter and we went to the service in Puyallup and 
it was just the liberty that I felt in the room, I've never felt that before in my life. Where I look around and everybody's praying in the spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm like, man, I want this. <laughs> I want this for myself. And, you know, ever since then we were in Life Church, we were going and um, got introduced to uh, Jesus' name, baptism, and the truth in, in the word of God that talks about Jesus' name, baptism. And it took some time to understand and process that, but over time we allowed the, Lord, the Lord's word to do a work in us. And um, I'm still not filled with the Holy Ghost yet. And I'm, you know, I'm hungry at this point. And so um, I remember it, it was September 16th of 2018, two days before my 21st birthday. It was Sunday. And, you know, it just, that whole entire day just felt different. I felt like God was doing something. And Elder Heiner spoke, and he spoke about, being filled with the bat, the Holy Ghost. So I'm like, oh yeah, today's the day. <laughs> today's the day. And he spoke about it and he opened the altar and I just remember purposefully kneeling next to Elder Johnstone. And I started praying and Elder Johnstone helped me through that process and I got filled with the Holy Ghost on that day. And my life's been changed ever since, and I'm so thankful. And then fast forward to January, my mom and I got baptized in Jesus' name together. And I'm just so thankful for what God is doing, what he's done in my life, and how he's blessed. And I was, over, I was able to overcome that depression and not slip back into that. And, and I'm just thankful for what he's doing in my life. And so... Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just grateful. I just have a heart of thanks, thankfulness, you know. So that's my testimony. Amen. It's definitely such a privilege to have Jared here with us now. I'm thankful, and maybe it's maybe it's in my head, but I feel like I, you can already feel the difference of presence of another believer with faith and I don't know I don't know how all that works but I think there's something to it I I just have one scripture tonight and in prayer just before service I felt felt the Lord dealing with me about some things and I don't know if if it connects to the scripture verse or not but I and this is one of those things I, I I can't fully put into words, but I know that it's something invaluable in my life that's and that is spiritual authority. And you know, these these men here on the front row and my dad and that that spiritual authority that God's placed in not only my life but your lives. And I'm convinced if for no other reason, one of the main reasons that God's given us spiritual authority and this, this concept of spiritual authority is, is literally just for, for us to remain in a place of humility. And I, I've, I've thought about 
my life and some things that maybe I would have done <laughs> at different stages of life had I not had the thought of, of bishop or, or elder or my dad in the back of my head. And knowing, just knowing in a lot of ways how the Lord works, too, with spiritual authority and that I may not ever have to tell them <laughs> what happened uh, or where I was, whatever. But knowing how spiritual authority works, I know that oftentimes the Lord talks to them, uh, whether I like it or not. And, but I can tell you I'm... I'm so much better today because of this covering, and I, I truly don't know where I would be if it wasn't for that, and I, I, think, of, I think of David in Scripture, right? He, he was anointed to be king over Israel, and after Saul had made this great mistake of, of not submitting to authority in the way that he was supposed to with waiting on Samuel... So the Lord said, I'm stripping the kingdom from you, and David gets anointed. And, but then this season begins of just running, of waiting, of hiding, and fearing for his life. Fearing his life from the man that he loved and who loved him and who was his spiritual authority, was his covering and there was multiple, you know the story, multiple occasions when he's hiding, running for his life, where it would seem the opportunity came, and even those that were with him who were less spiritual said, look, God's given him into your hand today. A deep sleep fell on them. You can sneak in through the camp, and they're so asleep, you can take his spear and his water jug and them not even wake up, and you don't even have to do it. I'll go. I'll, I'll take his life for you if you want me to, David. And this sinful king who, is, Elder Flowers a few weeks ago, spoke of this, this mental, how he was disturbed in his mind with this evil spirit that came. And he wasn't in his right mind. He wasn't in the right spirit. But David was in such a place of submission that he said, I can't extend my hand against the Lord's anointed. And I don't, I don't know that I'm at that place yet. <laughs> Not that I obviously would ever raise my hand or do anything against my spiritual authority, but if, if my authority was acting like King Saul... <laughs> It'd be a whole different story, right? But David understood the principle of submission. Didn't even necessarily have to do with whether the man himself was living right or doing right. And another note there that I felt like the Lord kind of inspired to me was, you know, those individuals that said, the Lord's given you this opportunity to take his life. Obviously, that's a test, <laughs> and I think that it's, it's a test that we could fall into of, well, look, this looks like a God-given opportunity for me to thwart the authority of God or to step outside of God's authority. He's given me a, a release 
from my spiritual authority. I've heard that term too many times. People in Bible school thinking that they get to a certain point of spiritual spirituality that, okay, it's time for a phone call to, to my pastor for him to release me. <laughs> and I've never understood that. I think it's a dangerous place to be and thinking that it's a God-given opportunity for you to be released from your spiritual authority. So like I said, I don't fully understand all that. can't put it into words, but I just know I'm eternally grateful, <laughs> and it's very necessary. Okay, so one verse I want to share, Matthew 16, 24. I'm not going to try to I'm going to try to connect, connect that. But Matthew chapter 16 and 24, you can let it connect for yourself if, if you see any parallels. Matthew 16, verse 24. How many of you want to follow Jesus? Man, I know I do. Jesus is going to tell us how to do that. He said to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So there's this progression uh of following the Lord that's required that takes place that doesn't just start with just following him and we see all throughout the Gospels the crowds and the thousands of people that were on the hills and that were fed and saw the miracles and that you could say followed him but they never got to that point of denying themselves uh, they definitely never got to that point of taking up their cross and truly following him. Uh, I want to just read this in, in the Amplified Version. It, it really it expounds on two, two key words in, in this passage. Uh, and it, it says in the Amplified, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself. And this is the kind of expounding on what it looks like to deny yourself. It is to dis disregard and lose sight of and forget himself and his own interests. <laughs> That's a little more <laughs> impactful than just deny yourself. <laughs> to lose sight of to lose sight of yourself, to forget yourself and your own interests. And take up his cross and follow me. And then this is what that word follow there means. It means to cleave to steadfastly and to conform wholly to my example and living. And if need be, in dying also. Amen. The following Jesus looks a little bit different than just following someone on on Instagram, <laughs> following someone down the street. When we're called to follow Jesus, 
It's a, it's a holy, the, the, the definition there says to conform wholly to his example. That's not like H-O-L-E, that's W-H-O, I think L-L-Y. <laughs> holy, completely, fully. And cleave to his example in living and in need, if need be, in dying also. Man. It makes it pretty clear what it looks like to follow him. Amen. And again, I'm not uh, quite at that point yet. But in, if you look at that same verse in... I believe it's Luke, the Gospel of Luke. It, it mentions that verse in the first three of the Gospels, and I think it's Luke where it says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. And so clearly this is a not just a one-time act of denial or a one-time act of picking up my cross, but it's a continual daily denying of myself, denying of my desires, conforming to his image, his being, amen, and then following him as, as his disciple, amen. Amen. Brother Timothy, if you'll stay there and put verse 25 on the screen, what Brother Hart read was 24, come after me, deny himself, follow me. 25 says, for whosoever will save his life will lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. Verse 26. Uh, uh, the Lord showed me this passage um, over the weekend while I w was, I guess you could, could say, preparing or studying for what I talked about on Sunday, if you remember that about perishing. Remember that? This th this passage is all is really talking all about that, because, like like Brother Hart said, I've got to be willing to follow him. In life or in death. This is what Jesus is saying. What is a man profited if he shall gain, the whole world. And lose his own soul. That has to do with life. What, what good would it do a man to say that he lived the most successful or blessed or abundant life here in the earth, obtained everything anybody could ever want to obtain, and then in death lose his soul? Because as soon as he reaches that point of death, anything that he obtained in life is gone in this world. It's what the scripture calls temporal. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You cannot buy your way into anywhere, including heaven, even with your soul. 
even with your soul. There, ha, ha, how many of you ever heard this phrase, they sold their soul to the devil? I've heard that phrase many times, talking about a lot of different people in a lot of different contexts. Well, look at this verse again, and it say, What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Would you just pray with me where you're seated there? Jesus, Lord, I want to hear the sound of your voice. I want to know your word, Jesus. I want to know the truth of your word, O oh God, as it applies to me and to my life, Father. God, I know that you care about each person here, about each one hearing this voice, this ministry tonight, Lord. You desire to do a work in each one. Father, I pray let us hear your voice and know your voice. Let us follow you, Lord Jesus. Let us follow you, Lord God. Wherever you lead me, Lord Jesus. You remember when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said... Uh, where I'm going, you can't go, paraphrasing. Uh, whether, whether I goest, thou knowest not, I believe is what he says. Um, and that's when Peter decided to pipe up, as he often did, and said, I'm going to go with you anywhere. Even unto death is what he said, I'll follow you. It's exactly what we're talking about here tonight. Um, even unto death I'll follow you. And Jesus says, no, nah, no, you won't. Yeah, I will. No, you won't. I'll follow you anywhere, even unto death. Well, no, you won't, and I'll prove it to you. And you know how that story played out um, with Peter. I don't know why the Lord brought this back to my mind as Brother Hart was speaking, but um, I mentioned a word on Sunday that the Lord, I guess I would say, he prompted me um, to say it, and then he just kind of put it back in my mind again today, and that word was martyr. A martyr is someone that dies for their faith, essentially. Um, not someone that's willing to die for their faith, because you're not a martyr until you actually die. Okay? Um, I was talking to somebody one time, and this individual... Um, I've got to see him and observe him on many occasions, and I feel like he always hits a, a wall in the spirit when he's trying to pray and press into the things of God. You know, it's like, almost like what the scripture says, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Well, I, Lord, I, I, I want to go there. I want to experience the things that you're saying. I want to know uh, what's mo what more you have for me. Um, 
But it's like I said, it's just like the Lord will take him up to a certain point and then he doesn't go past that, doesn't go beyond that. And um, I was talking to him one time and I, I, I guess I would say it this way. I, I, I don't like to try and say things that when you hear them, you think I must just be so spiritual. Um, that's never my intention. But when I say the Lord spoke to me or I felt the Lord say this or I was impressed by the Lord this way, I just it's because I don't know another way to express it than that. So in my conversation with this gentleman, um, I felt the Lord impress upon me. He has the spirit of a martyr. And I thought, I, OK, I, I, I don't know if that's the Lord or not, because I don't hear that very often, if ever. Um, but I, I felt it very plainly from the Lord to say that. And um, I think it's been over time, once it was said, the Lord has showed me a little bit more, just a little bit at a time, really what that means. Um, because I said it, you're not a martyr until you die. So it's kind of like looking at somebody and saying, oh, I... I'm telling you, you stick around church long enough and you're going to hear things that kind of blow your mind and be like, I don't know if I want to believe that. I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know if I can lay hold of that promise as surely as I can some of these other ones. Because, and I believe the Lord was giving me that to share with him, which kind of amped it up a little bit because now I'm not just responsible for what I'm saying, but his receiving and his reactions and playing off of his uh, reactions to it. That's about the weirdest thing you could tell somebody. I really think that's about one of the strangest ones I've heard. Um, and, you know, I had to even try and qualify it and express, brother, I don't know that this means you're going to be put in a place where you have to die. Okay, don't go there. That's, don't live your life wondering, is today going to be the day? No, 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 no. It's just what the Lord had imparted to an individual at that moment. And what I'm seeing with these things is we, like the Scripture says, if we truly will follow Him, if we truly will come after Him is what He said there, then I have to be willing to say my life could end at any moment. I'm not striving for my own life. I'm not contending for my own life. And eventually I'm going to reach a point in death, whether it's natural causes or elsewise, I'm going to reach a point in death where Either what I said and believed is true, or it's not. Boy, this is fun tonight. There's a country song, and I, d I promise you I haven't heard it in many years. I haven't thought about it in a really long time. I don't know all the lyrics, and I'm ashamed to tell you I know any of them or the title, but the title of the song is Live Like You Are Dying. Some of you might have heard that song. It's not on Christian radio. It's Tim, Tim McGraw, okay? 
Oh, they'll just put it all out there. Sometimes that in, in a place of business, you don't get to control what you hear. <laughs> but no, the, the point of, uh, of that song or that phrase, that saying, live like you are dying, I don't know. As I think about it in this spiritual context, do I want to wake up with the thought, I might not make it past this day? It's kind of bordering, it's close to, but it's not the same thing as what Paul said, I die daily. You know, it kind of sounds a little bit of a like, and it's a little bit of wordplay there to say, well, yeah, Brother Tim McGraw had things, he was filling the spirit, no. But Paul said, I die daily. But I do that. And then I continue to live. And the life that I'm living is no longer my life because I died. I ch made the choice for me to not live this day out. But if it gets lived out, it's going to be through the Lord and not through me. John chapter 3, if you would, Brother Timothy. Let's go back to uh, chapter 2, sorry. John chapter 2, it's, the chapter 2 starts with the, the miracle at the wedding in Cana. You know that, that's what we say is the first miracle that Jesus performed. Um, the end of chapter 2... Let's go to verse 23, John 2, 23. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed, everybody say believed. Many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. That didn't take long. The miracles started at the beginning of this chapter and just 20 some verses later, Many believed because they saw these miracles that he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all or knew all men. And needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Let me pause and just uh, emphasize the phrase in the scripture, by night. Nicodemus came to him by night. Why do you think that was? Because he didn't want to be seen going to Jesus. He could have easily done it during the daytime, but he had a day job. And his day job was opposed to seeking anything from Jesus. So he went to him by night and said, uh, uh, We know, I know, they know, word is spreading that you are a teacher come from God. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Now this is Jesus' response 
to the man that just admitted to him, I know, I don't know all about you, but I know you are from God. In other words, I know what you say is true. Whatever you tell me, it's coming to me from a man sent from God. That's what we call a blank slate. Whatever you say, I'm trusting it's from God. This is the approach Nicodemus came to Jesus with, so I think it's important to note that when we look at the response that Jesus had for him. Whatever I tell this guy, he's going to believe. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Where was it? I must have skipped it. Okay, keep going. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4, in this very open and honest conversation, Nicodemus says, How? How can a man be born when he is old? He's already done that. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, this is the answer to the question, how? You don't even have to ask it. It's already been asked. How can a man be born again? This is the answer to the question. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. You probably have heard this term by now. New birth. We call it a new birth experience. You've probably also heard this term, born-again Christian, born-again believer. This is where that term comes from. Now, in every context of every conversation when those terms are mentioned, I don't know how closely they draw back to this. Kind of like with everything else. Brother Jared started by talking about, I was baptized, but it wasn't the way they say to do it in the Bible. New birth, born again, Jesus tells us plainly here what it is. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is, he's still talking, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So now he's introduced a new phrase here, born of the spirit. Except a man be born again. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit. And, ex- and that which is born of the Spirit. 
is spirit. We all here today were born of the flesh, all of us. You wouldn't be here if you were not. That means you had a father and a mother, and you were born of the flesh. If you're born of the Spirit, whether you know it or not, or whether you think of it in these terms or not, you have a father and a mother spiritually. The Father is the Holy Spirit. The Mother is the church. I don't have time to go into that tonight. But you have a father and a mother. You know, I would dare say that we have more uh, maternally estranged born-again believers than we have paternally born. You can't have a paternally born-again paternally estranged born again because the paternal is the father is the spirit the maternal is the mother is the church then estranged means you're separated from one of those parents so that's what i'm saying you can have a maternally estranged born again believer if somebody's born into the spirit but estranged from their mother the church Uh, this okay stay with me if you're going to be paternally estranged the father the spirit and separated from him we already talked about that on sunday there's a four-letter word for that it's lost it's the prodigal son who left his father and his father says my son was dead my son was lost you see that so you, you can get estranged through your own actions, through your own choices. You can decide, I don't need the church anymore. I've just got God and that's enough. Well, you're estranged from your mother, your spiritual mother. You can decide, I don't need the spirit of God anymore. I don't need him. I can just do my own thing. You can, but that's estranged. Now you're estranged from your father. We don't like to say it that way, but that's what it means. You're lost. All right. Verse 6 again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Don't be surprised by it. Don't sit there and question it every single way that you think you can slice it until you come up with an answer that's anything but this. Marvel not that I said you must be born again. I can just picture it. I can see Jesus looking at Nicodemus in the face, having this conversation, after he told him, you must be born again, and then Nicodemus' expression matches some of the expressions we have in here sometimes. Did he really just say that? Marvel not. Don't go there. I, I'm going to try to hurry and be done quickly. I say this sometimes with my kids. 
I can read their expressions and tell you what they're about to do or what they're thinking. And sometimes I parent the expression before we even get to action. Don't do it. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't think that. That's what Jesus is telling Nicodemus. Marvel not that I said you must be born again. The wind bloweth, verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth. That means where it wants to. The wind blows where it wants to. We've had a lot of wind here lately, right? Sometimes it's blowing this direction. Sometimes it's blowing that direction. Got a lot of flags downtown by where I work, and I, every, I'm just always checking them, seeing which way it's blowing. And it's never the same way even for a whole day, much less day after day after day. The wind blows where it listeth, where it wants to. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. You know that's true of the wind. You hear it, you can tell by the effects and the sounds it's blowing that way, but you don't know what it's going to do next. And he says, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. There's that phrase again, born of the Spirit. If you have the Holy Ghost, say, that's me. So is you. Everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now, this does not mean you can do whatever you want whenever you want, like, just like the wind does. No. He, Jesus is saying, I'm teach you called me teacher at the beginning. Let me teach you something. Let me learn you something. The people that are born of the Spirit are born of the Spirit just like the wind operates. You hear the sound of it. What's the book of the Bible after John? Pop quiz. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Jesus is saying, you will hear. Stick around, Nicodemus and everybody else. There will be a sound. Acts chapter 2. I think it's verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind because the wind blows where it listeth. The one that sends the wind naturally is the same one that sends the wind spiritually. He determines where it's going to blow, when, for how long, how fast. That's all up to him. And he's sitting there thinking, okay, now is the time I'm going to send my spirit. A sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house. What filled all the house? The sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Filled all the house where they were sitting. That means anywhere in this house that you sit, you hear that same sound. And then 
there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Appeared means literally they perceived it with their eyesight. It's kind of like if I, a sound came in here and I heard that. And then the next thing that I see, cloven tongues, that means split in two, right? Like a, a, a clo cloven means divided. Like a hoof, an animal's hoof. Maybe that's more accurate. So like as a fire, cloven tongue. I'm seeing a burning tongue that's split like this. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Appeared unto them. They saw them. Sister Elena, you got something floating over your head there. It looks like a tongue that's divided and it's burning. This is the upper room, New Testament. What's that? No heat. Yep, the tongue was not consumed. No, that's the burning bush. <laughs> no, it says there appeared unto them. This is meaning this is the same as the way they heard the wind. They saw the tongues of fire. Tongues like as of fire. There was no actual fire. That's a, that's a, a metaphor. Or a simile, right? Like and as are similes. So, a tongue that looks like fire sat upon each of them. Brother Timothy, why don't you help me out? Go to chapter, Acts chapter 2, verse 3. I want you to see this. It sat upon each of them. Next verse. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now let me stop for a second because I don't know if anybody else caught it, but I caught it. I used the word then earlier as in a consecutive sequence. The scripture says, doesn't say and then, and then, and then. It just says and, 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 right? So, let's go back, Brother Timothy, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse 2. Suddenly there came a sound from it. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. The wind blows where it listeth, where it wants to, when it wants to. Suddenly the wind decided to blow. The Spirit. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house. Where they were sitting, verse 3, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues. It's consecutive. You hear the sound, you feel the, the wind, it's in all the house, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Just like that. Wind, appearance of tongues, cloven tongues like as of fire. Keep going. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, like that. I'm trying to draw this on purpose, that it's not a, we do this for a little while. Thank God, that's over. Then we go to this for a little while. 
That was tough. Then we do this for a little while, and we're trying to get the sequence of things down right to make sure we can have an Acts chapter 2 experience. No, and, 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 and. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All of that happened suddenly. Stay there, but go back in your mind to where we were in John chapter 3 when Jesus foreshadowed this to Nicodemus. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I, I believe it's very likely that they were all baptized. I believe it's very likely that they were all baptized in the name of Jesus. And then, I can use it correctly in this time, and then Acts chapter 2 happened. So, what's the new birth experience? What is being born again? Except the man be born of water except a man be born of water and of the spirit that is except a man be born of water and of the spirit he is not reborn does anybody want to refute that except a man i'm going to say it again except a man be born of water and of the spirit he is not reborn Why don't we stand and pray? Come on, I want you to just let the Lord speak to you for a moment here. God, I believe in your word. I believe everything that's said in it. Lord, as it was spoken here at the beginning, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for us, Lord. It teaches us things. It reveals things to us that we need to know, that we must know. God, I thank you for it. I thank you for the truth of your word, Jesus. I thank you that I get to learn and receive of your word. Okay, I just want to tag on one scripture here. In the context of what Elder Flowers is saying, chapter 7 of John, at verse 37, <clears throat> in the last day, 
that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall, shall, shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. So in the context of a new birth experience, becoming a believer, a believer, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow. Not for some, not, not for others. Every believer, New Testament, born again, shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying. Right? Amen. Amen. What does it take to be born again? To be born of water and the Spirit. Yes. Sit down for a minute, please. <clears throat> Days we're living in. Days we're living in. Okay. I was invited to go and play golf with a couple of guys. And I was looking forward to the fellowship, just spending time with them. And when we got there, it was, there was one that did not show up, so there were three of us. And the, there was a, a gentleman that got out of his car, came up and said, Hey, is there any opening spots? And so one of the gentlemen said, Yeah, come on with us. And so here we go to the first tee, and uh, there's a bunch of guys. We're waiting for the another, another group to go forward. We're walking. We're not on cards. And there's a bunch of man talk, you know, tough talk. They were, everybody was, you know, just a bunch of guys, tough talking. <laughs> and kind of setting a stage and a platform. And then... We hit off, and we head to the first hole, and, and I don't know what the one, one of the guys I was with said, but the guy that joined the group said, two words, one started with an F, the other one started with a U, actually oh, a W or a Y, end with a U, you get my drift. Not one time, not two times. Not three times, but four times to the guy. And I'm thinking, what in the world is this? Had a little bit of a spirit of intimidation behind it. And I thought to myself, I came to fellowship. 
if you think for a minute you're going to set the platform for this 18 holes, you got another thing coming. By the end of hole two, I was talking to him about the Holy Ghost. By hole number 10, the hook was in. By hole number 11, he was telling us his mom got the Holy Ghost. By hole number 17, we were exchanging phone numbers, making invitation to a men's outing. Now listen, this is the hour we're in. And you cannot be shut down. You cannot let the spirit of this world intimidate you. But let me say this. Testimony is one of the most powerful witnessing tools. Not a doctrinal Bible study. Okay? Not a debate. You're per... Paul, over and over and over again, I was on the road to Damascus. There was a great light shined out of heaven. You read it. Every time he got in a position where he was having an opportunity to open his mouth, whether it was before one, crowds, or kings. I was on the road to Damascus. Don't underestimate the power of your testimony, especially in the days that we're living in. Let me say something to you. That man was masking with those coarse words the pain that was residing in him. His children addicted on drugs. He was just trying to get through life. And he had built this shell around him with harsh, hard words that said, leave me alone. Uh It's our greatest signal. (coughs) It's our greatest signal. You hear me? It's the time to open up our mouth. It's the time to open up and make Spiritual expression. This is why our communion with God is so important right now. Stirring up the gift. So that it's resident there and ready. That when we begin to talk. And we're not pushed back. The power of your personal experience and testimony how God has brought you out how he has gave you peace how he has given you joy when all around us are hurting crying and desperate and they put up a fence and they're hiding behind it they don't know what to do they don't know where to go And God will bring them into your company in the most amazing situations. Come on, it's your responsibility. It's all all our responsibilities. We got to speak. We have to be bold. Hold not your peace, Paul, for I have much people in this city. They were trying to run them off. Should have been the greatest signal. Boy, they are right and ready. They are ready. The field is white. And God spoke to him in a dream. Fear not. Don't run off. Stay here. And speak. 
and a whole not that peace, for I have much people in this city. He stayed for another two years. Amen. God bless you. Fantastic teaching. I'm just going to pray, and I'm going to encourage you to pray there where you're seated for a moment. Lord, I desire to have fellowship with you. I desire to have communion with you, Jesus. I want this spiritual expression evident in my life, Lord. God, I want it evident in my life every day, every moment, Father. God, I've heard the importance of giving my life to you. I've heard the importance of fellowshipping with you of knowing the truth of your word and who you are. Jesus, I need this in my life, and I need it every day. God, I know that you have much to do through your people. I know, God, you have multitudes to be reaped through your people. In the name of Jesus, make us ready, O oh God. Reside in us, Lord Jesus. Let your spirit reside in us, God, that it would be you living through me, Lord, and not myself. God, that it would be your words spoken through me and not my own. In the name of Jesus, I seek after it, Father. I seek after it, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Work through my life, O oh God. Speak through me, Lord Jesus. Speak through me, Lord God. Oh, there's a work you want to do through us, God. There's a work you want to do through us, God. Let us humble ourselves. Be obedient, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, yes, God, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, amen, amen, amen. This is your reminder. Where is church service on Sunday? In Ellensburg. Don't come here. I'll try to give you another reminder before then. But because if you're like me, you'll need it. I already told somebody on Sunday what the plan was for this coming Sunday, not even thinking about we'd be in Ellensburg. So if you're like me, you need all the reminders you can get. Sunday, 11 o'clock in Ellensburg. Amen. God bless you. Greet one another. You are dismissed.